0: The Boys of Tech with Edwin Herman, Brett King and Cameron Colley. Thank you very much indeed, and welcome to another episode of The Boys of Tech. This time, episode 115, that's 115, for Monday, 9th of May, 2011. My name is Edwin Herman, and joining me over Skype, as he does almost every week, is Brett King. Welcome along, Brett. Aloha. Uh, Now, Brett, you know, I've finished watching just this week all 100 episodes on YouTube of Hey Dad.
1: Wow. And you're still sane?
0: <laughs> yeah, there's actually 290 episodes, but only 100 have been uploaded to YouTube. Ah. So I'm <laughs> missing, I've only really seen a third of the show. Oh, you must be feeling that pain. The withdrawal. I am a bit, and you know the thing is, Cameron Collie was saying that in Australia, it never was really well received, and was all was a bit sort of naff and stuff. But yeah. I still think, you know, even after all these years, you know, we're talking late eighties, early nineties here. After all those years, I don't know, it still has its charm. I still, I still uh, relate to Nudge really well. <laughs> He's the character who uh, who's always eating and never has a lot of luck with the girls and all that sort of stuff, and more interested in food than girls. Mm-hmm. So anyway, Brett, we're doing episode 115, and not a lot happened this week, but I did want to kick off with Google facing a $50 million lawsuit <laughs> over the Android location tracking data.
1: Yes, $50 million. Two people have decided to take a class action lawsuit against them. I don't know what <laughs> to make of that, because... Only in America—that's what to make of it. <laughs> That's those
0: are the words. Yeah, only in America. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's, I think there was a lawsuit against Apple as well. I'm not sure how how, how that went actually, and also mm. the fact that Apple have uh, addressed it, with uh, the latest ad- iOS. They have yeah. not only addressed it but also explained it as well. I haven't seen Google's response yet. I don't know what they're saying. Yeah, and, and also I'm not sure where this lawsuit is going to go. Either way, even if Google say nothing, I mean, come on, I mean, what can you really bring a lawsuit? For, and is
1: fifteen million
0: dollars like
1: well, yes? You can. How do you In America, you can. You can just name an arbitrary figure. Say, you know what? They're a really big company. 50, 50 million dollars. Well, you know what? It, it
0: almost seems like the figures they pick for their lawsuits uh, let the market decide. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> That's what The bigger the company, the more we can sue them for. But, <laughs> but it shouldn't it, be yeah, that way. yeah.
1: No, it shouldn't, and it yeah, it's just some of the, the ludicrousness for being able to sue for well, these well, punitive well, damages, etc. Being cetera. able to sue is, I think, it's it's the the whole thing about the way that they work out damages. It's like it's not I'm suing you because you have done me wrong, and we need to you know you need to cover the expenses, you need to whatever pay reparations, all that sort of stuff. But then there's this extra layer of okay, you've done me wrong, so you've now fixed it right, you've done these other things in place, and because you upset me, I want an extra 50 bazillion dollars.
0: Yeah, I agree. That's the thing, you know, I, I'm upset now, my feelings have been hurt, and, and so now that's worth X million dollars. I mean, that's yeah, ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, it, it's not about
1: putting something right, it's about getting a payday. That's what this, <laughs> yes, this I agree. The ridiculous, yeah, the the law which allows you to p- put on these arbitrary, ridiculous figures. It's just, yeah.
0: So, Brett, if let's say these two people actually lost $50 million, right? Let's say these two people suing Google lost $50 million, a $50 million out of pocket. Would you then say the lawsuit is fine?
1: Well, yeah, but they wouldn't be asking for $50 million. $50 million would be part of the base settlement of you must... Do the retribution of the fifty million dollars. On top of that will be the extra one hundred and fifty bazillion yeah, dollars. but if there wasn't, if it was just about, it.
0: if it was just about like I've and actually lost fifty million. Right. That's so. That's what you're saying. So what you're saying is not fine is the fact that these people probably have lost nothing, or yeah, if they have,
1: uh, it's, just it's very and, little. But they're asking for fifty million. We've been discussing the story, and we've not actually touched on the actual focus of their lawsuit. The focus of their lawsuit, being the fact that. Google has been storing and getting this information about your locations without your consent, you know, having buried it somewhere within their general consent information. That is the crux of it. And that is, that's a legitimate thing. That's a legitimate complaint for them to go and try and be rectified. But they ruin it by putting this arbitrary suing for $50 million in excess of it. And what that does is it detracts from the actual case. That they're, they're, they're suing for. And so you get people might, like me who would support their case for the protection of people's privacy, which is what they're suing about. But by adding this superfluous $50 million you upset me tax onto it, it completely kind of demonizes what they're doing in the mindsets of a lot of people. So, no, yeah.
0: It's about the risk that they can get stalked, if you like, the risk that. Someone can get that information and then that's what they feel is worth 50 minutes, which I I, I mean, uh,
1: how do you? uh, I don't think it's worth any of that money. Have they actually suffered from that? No. What this lawsuit should be about is about making these companies be upfront when they are collecting not only collecting locally on a device that they've produced or an operating system they've produced, but when they get that device to actually send that information back to the parent company. It's that that should they should be open and upfront about. That is a legitimate source for suing. That is a legitimate thing. That Well, actually, that that
0: is where if there is a fine to be paid, it should be coming from the regulatory authorities.
1: Oh, exactly. It should be that that's sorted out. It's not this, you've upset us for this, we've not actually suffered any grievous damage from this, but there was potential for it, and we want 50 million bucks on top of it. That's just stupid. And yeah but the actual purpose of getting these companies to actually disclose and upfront to agree to the fact or opt out of the fact of you know them storing this location information and transmitting it back to themselves even though they say that's got a random id number it doesn't send back anything else they've got a random id number assigned to it there as it goes in depth on several stories about this case on the net you can de-anonymize information Based on a whole heap of different information, even if that ID number is a random ID number. So, yeah. So, is there
0: a way of, of actually relating that back to a user? Yeah, a
1: yeah, there have been a couple of stories about ways to unanonymize information that is collected without private identifying information included. There's several stories about that out there. On the net, they've been around for ages, it's just different ways that you can actually identify a user from what's supposedly anonymous information.
0: It's not something simple like the Google account number or something, is no, it? No,
1: no, it's a, it's a randomly generated number.
0: But if it's random, how can they translate it back? You can. It's, yeah,
1: far <laughs> yeah. out. <laughs> but yeah, so it's it's blown it all out of proportion as the story is just... It started with a good point and then made it ridiculous.
0: Now, I want to ask you, because you, you have an iPhone, Do, are you worried about the fact that there is tracking information on that? So if someone stole your phone physically, they could get that? Are you are you concerned about that?
1: There is the possibility of that. I have updated to the latest iOS update, and I've always had the backups of my iPhone encrypted.
0: But okay, before you updated, and because we, we knew about this when we last week when we did the podcast, episode 114, so...
1: I would have been uh, concerned if, was if it was stolen, ben, but I'm quite anal about the protection of my toys.
0: (laughs) Do you believe Apple's explanation?
1: What? That it was was a bug? It wasn't meant to store that amount? And it was just information that it was getting for a database to make the location
0: quicker to determine?
1: Well, it's entirely possible. It's one of the things that we talked about is why would they use that information? Why would they need it? And we talked about the fact that it, well, it makes zeroing in on cell towers, zeroing in on GPS locations, that sort of thing for location-based services that you might, or apps that you might have on your phone. What I had contention with and what we talked about last week or the week before was that it stored that information. It didn't just use it in real time. Didn't just gather that information to help, and you know. Then, well, no, it's like, got to gather it before it. it uses it.
0: Otherwise, there's well, no quicker. Yeah, it, uh, it, it has, to, has to have it, it there it really. That's it, the whole but point. It need
1: to. It doesn't need to hang around freaking ages. No, no, you're right. It doesn't it's have like,
0: to hang around for a year. The fact that they've released a new iOS version that cuts that down from a year to I think seven days. They said they were going to do suggests that they really aren't using that for anything else. I I want to know what Google's gonna got to say about this because I I haven't seen a lot. Have you seen what any no, response I from seen any
1: responses from mm. Google on this on this um, lawsuit or on the claims that they're making. I know that it does mention in several stories that there is a congressional hearing or something to talk about privacy and telecommunications and this sort of thing. And both Apple and Google are going to have representatives going to it to discuss privacy and this sort of thing in the in the modern age.
0: So that's where those two companies are going to have to explain themselves. Yeah,
1: yeah, explain themselves to a congressional hearing or whatever they're called.
0: A hearing before the Senate Judiciary Subcommittee. Yes, that thing. Whatever that means. It sounds yep. good, anyway. Are you still on Google? They're launching a shopping in Australia. It's a shame we don't have Cameron Collie with us because I was going to ask him whether he's used this yet or whether he's had a look.
1: So, is it an actual online shopping system through Google, or is it just Google facilitating a price comparison thing, like a lot of those other price comparison places?
0: That's what I haven't quite figured out.
1: Because all of the pictures and screenshots I've seen of the thing in action all look like those many different price comparison places. That
0: I'm not sure on it, and that's why we kind of would have been good to have Cameron on, but he's having this week off. But uh, yeah, the the way it works is when you search for something, if it matches a product or, or some other item that's available for sale, it'll list a whole bunch of matches and their prices, and you can you can hit compare prices. And uh, what happens from there is, is something that Cameron Colley is going to hopefully tell us next week. <laughs> there you well. go. We're putting it on him to have a look at that. Yep. And tell us how it works. (laughs) Because we're not in Australia, so we can't test I've tried it on google.com.au but I think it has it must have geolocation probably using iphones and have a year's worth of stuff stored so I know where i am <laughs> <laughs> trying to work in the joke there but i can't test it from here we have to have to actually be in australia so maybe some of our listeners in australia i don't know they could maybe enlighten us if, if they want to do that you can drop us a line at boys on the contact page there but of course uh, we hope to have cameron back next week and we'll task him because i know he's going to be listening to this we're going to task him with having a go at google shop he doesn't have to buy something <laughs> we won't you do that, mean just to
1: let us know what it's like. Yeah, what exactly. It does. Is it a comparison thing? Is it an actual online shopping? Does it facilitate the purchase? All that sort of stuff.
0: We won't make him buy a Canon EOS uh, 560D or something like that, will we?
1: No, no. Unless no. you want to. Well, yeah. It's up we,
0: to you. I don't think it'll oblige. <laughs> All right. And the US government apparently were not keen on format shifting laws. And I happen to know that there was some WikiLeaks information, some information released through the WikiLeaks site that said that the US government really was not happy with New Zealand's laws, and not only New Zealand's, but other countries as well, but in particular with New Zealand laws that allow format shifting.
1: Well, it's funny you say that because it wasn't really the US government that took offense at it. It was one of those many acronym-based organizations which work on behalf of the media production industries. They were the ones pressuring the U.S. government to try to put pressure on these other governments, such as New Zealand government, to get rid of these uh, fair use clauses and exemptions in the Copyright Acts. Oh, so it,
0: was, it wasn't the ex- the U.S. government as such, was it?
1: No, no, it was... Oh, so the International pen-
0: Intellectual Property Alliance...
1: Yes, them, putting pressure on the government. Of course, they put pressure on the government and they will have lots of people within the US government who are on their side, possibly because they're shareholders or whatever. We won't go into those many conspiracy theories, but (laughs) they'll have people on their side in the US government to try and put pressure on that, which is funny because they're asking for all these things and they say, you know, it's anti-competitive to allow you to format ship. It, it, um, It stifles innovation. It is sending out the wrong message by allowing a person who's bought a CD to put that music on their iPod instead of just having to listen to it on their CD because it means that you don't have to then go to an online store and buy an MP3 version of it. Exactly, exactly. Buy it on CD, buy it on this. It's like every single format that you could possibly have it on a device in your home, they want you to buy it separately for each and every one of those, which is, (laughs) as we know, is completely counter to fair use.
0: So let's just talk about what format shifting is. As you said, it's transferring say, so a piece of music from one format to another. So, for example, from a CD to a cassette tape, if they still exist, or from CD to iPod, or from... iPod to CD. Yeah, iPod to CD. Yeah, iPod, uh, you know, a uh, digital download to CD, that kind of thing. And iPod so, to iPod. Yeah, yeah <laughs> iPod to iPod. Well, is it... Actually, how does that... Now, that's an interesting one. Is it technically a format shift? I don't know.
1: Yeah. Don't know, but, well, it but, would be a format shift. It was going from iPod to other MP3 player that used a different...
0: Oh yeah, so if it's going from a from an uh, MP4 format to MP3, yeah, okay, to another MP3 player that you might own. Yep, yeah, exactly. So, you know, the thing is, uh, the way I see it is that if the law is constructed such that it says you can format shift, so in other words, you can copy that song for yourself so that you can listen to it in the car or on your computer instead of the iPod, etc. What's wrong with that? It's still you. Why should well, you, do you? have to buy another. one? There Why? is
1: nothing wrong with that, except that the those media producers want you to buy exactly that song again <laughs> I know, in it's a ridiculous. different format. It is. It's ridiculous. It's a money it's grab. About them, it's, yeah, it's about them attempting to double, triple, quadruple, dip your pocket for one product. Because you know, and when it you is buy, wrong. Wait, I, it's <laughs> thievery. It's stealing from me.
0: When you buy a CD, what are you actually getting? You're not actually getting the right to play that song wherever you like. All you're getting is the right to play that, that particular CD, CD and yes. that's it.
1: Yeah, it's not going to transfer stupid. it. But the 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 really funny thing about this story, about this the the leaks, these things, the, the pressure they've been putting on the U.S. government to make other governments, other countries, tow the American line, is not towing the American line because it is written into the American. Copyright Act that they are allowed to format shift that they are allowed to yes, time shift. and that's a bit I don't they get have that <laughs> exactly. But they want these companies want the American government to make other countries not have it. Well, they probably also
0: want to make the US government the the US laws to have the same thing. But obviously, it hasn't happened. But if they had any influence, they probably would be trying. They probably are trying. Yeah, but yeah, no, it, it's another ridiculous thing. It's
1: completely ridiculous.
0: So Sony was attacked again, and by the way, just before we cover the story, I understand the PlayStation Network is still down, you were telling me?
1: Yep, it's still down, and we think that this other this other hack that uh, you're about to talk about now is one of the reasons why it is still down, because some of the services were supposed to be up this week, but they never did come back up.
0: So apparently they've undergone another attack, as, as we said. This time, a number of credit card numbers and expi- expiration dates have been uh, compromised.
1: Old credit card data, however, 2007 credit card database.
0: 12,000, almost 13,000 non-US customer credit or debit card numbers and expiry dates have been obtained. What do you make of all this? What's happening with Sony? Is the wheel starting to fall
1: off? so Yeah, some people are really making a concerted effort to damage their systems and all their really doing is annoying the hell out of a lot of people and making a lot of people hate the guts of these hackers. These <laughs> There are a lot of gamers out there who will be going, I hope these people burn in hell.
0: So do you think that most people <laughs> affected by this are angry at the hackers more than they are angry at Sony for not you know having
1: more robust systems? Well, yeah, it's hard to say. Well, what Just, about you personally then, for you? I'm Slightly annoyed at Sony, but then I am more in the technological no than your know, general gamers, so that I know that no matter how robust your system is, if it's connected to the internet, there is always the potential for it to be breached. So, Sorry, I know okay, that, okay,
0: let's put some figures to this. <laughs> Out of 100%, how much is anger at Sony and how much is anger at the. Uh, oh, we definitely
1: be looking at 20, 80, 30, 70, sort of Sort of range. Right. Okay. All right. Mostly I'm angry at the people who've done this. But yeah. (laughs) So I'm just getting starting to get slightly annoyed at at Sony for not having fixed it already.
0: Yeah. It's a bit worrying that it hasn't been It's taking them quite some
1: time to fix.
0: Yeah. I know. bit of a concern. I don't quite know what's going to happen. People have predicted that they will lose customers. Oh, they'll don't definitely
1: not... lose customers. I've already I've already heard stories from game stores where people have brought in their PlayStation 3s and bought Xboxes.
0: Is that Basically,
1: right? Basically brought in their PlayStation 3 and the games and then traded them out for Xboxes and the exact same games.
0: Is that right?
1: Yeah, but once again, it's people playing first-person shooters on a console, and I've never understood the reasoning behind that anyway. <laughs> no, isn't, it, isn't it a mouse a bit at all? But can exactly. you can, can you put a mouse, a USB
0: mouse, into a PlayStation? Does that not possibly,
1: work? Possibly. You should try that. Then, then cool. what are you doing? You're attempting to play a first-person shooter with a mouse and a control stick? Would that work? No. What if- How are you going to hold a PlayStation controller in one hand and a mouse?
0: Yeah. Uh, what about, can you plug a keyboard into a, a PlayStation? or
1: I doubt the games would support them but you could try
0: you should try that over the next week
1: and see see how it works I'm sure we could Google sure it that, does for certain things but the game itself would have to support that
0: right so not all games are written that way are they
1: well not on a console because the console will be designed specifically for playing it with the controller mm. if you want to play a first person shooter you should be playing it with uh, a mouse and a keyboard on a PC that's my opinion anyway but that's got nothing to do with the story <laughs> <laughs> no. there will have been people who have switched because of this and it's about how Sony recovers from it now it's how fast are they going to get the PlayStation network back online is it going to be more robust and what sort of recompense are they going to give to the people who've been really put out by this like people who've been wanting to play DC Universe Online which is you know a superhero game
0: what is that oh okay
1: it's a superhero massively multiplayer game except it's through the console and Yeah, that is a subscription system. You subscribe to that and it's all based on multiplayer across the internet. And so they can't play at all. And there are several other games which require the PSN to play multiplayer or to just provide certain features. So I've got a couple of games where you can play the multiplayer, but they also have certain other features which affect the single player game that also still require the PlayStation Network to be active.
0: Oh, so there are some single-player games that, that you need the PSN for.
1: Yeah, well, they, won't, you know, they don't stop you from playing the game. It's just that but you they enhance to start certain aspects of right, it. Right, yeah. okay.
0: You, you, you're explaining this to a non-gamer, you see, so <laughs> you have to spell it out for me.
1: <laughs> so, so I'm looking forward to when the PSN comes back. I'm not going to get rid of my PlayStation for it. Most of the games I play are games that are either specific to Sony PlayStation or they're just a it's a it's a nicer system and it's a much nicer controller than the Xbox 360, in my opinion. So so I'm not gonna switch to a different console because of this. But yeah, I just hope they come back with some good stuff to mitigate the PR disaster that this whole thing has been for the Sony PlayStation.
0: So how long would the PlayStation network need to be down before you switch? A month? 2 months? 3? 6? Well, nah. Nah. Never.
1: If it's down for 6 months there's something more wrong. <laughs> more seriously wrong um, than just some hackers going into the PSN.
0: But uh, when would you switch? When would you say, "Well, that's enough. I'm I'm going to I'm going to try Xbox
1: now." Oh, uh, never.
0: Now, you're it's- you're a diehard PlayStation
1: Gamer. Well, the games I want to play aren't on Xbox 360. Oh, really?
0: I thought a lot of games are on both. In fact, I thought most were on both.
1: Well, a lot of the generic sort of first person shooter games, Call of Duty, blah, 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 yeah, they're on both. But so?
0: <laughs> so, what do you play? The ones you play, uh, you're saying are only available on, yeah, on a PlayStation? I
1: play RPGs, survival horrors. You don't get good survival horrors on Xbox 360. Are there more
0: games for the PlayStation than there are for Xbox, or is it the other way around, or is it just the same but different games?
1: No idea. Probably comparable, but they are quite different. They do have different stables. They do have different IP, Uh, and certain IP is only on PlayStation, and certain IP is only on Xbox 360. I I get the Uh, impression that... Halo. You only get Halo on X or P. You only get... Well, the vast majority of Final Fantasies are only on PlayStation.
0: I get the impression that hardcore gamers are aligned with the PlayStation and you're more family-oriented gamers are with Xbox. Is that true?
1: Uh, It's hard to say because it is more about your genre.
0: Oh, okay.
1: Reference. For instance, if you are a console FPS player, then you're generally an Xbox 360 person because they all have had the Halos and the Gears of War and um, you know, Call of Duty, Medal of Honor, all that sort of stuff has been on Xbox 360. Gears of War and Halo, for instance, being exclusives to Xbox 360. Whereas your gamers for your fighty game, arcade style games, that's on both generally. You generally find those are released on both systems. RPGs, survival horrors, mostly on the PlayStation. Some of the best platform adventures have been on the Sony PlayStation. It's, yeah. Some of it is a matter of preference. Some of it is also just the the capabilities of the consoles themselves. The only real one is you buy a Nintendo Wii if you want to play party
0: games. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's a social sort of thing, isn't it, the Wii? Yeah. All right, Brett. Well, that's pretty much it then for episode 115. Actually, before we go, I see that Microsoft have come out and said that Google Apps have a hidden cost. You're paying a a Google tax. I like the way they come out with these little little snide, (laughs) little, you know, what do you call them? Little digs at at Apple sometimes and at Google other times. It's kind of funny. It's like, you know, Microsoft, the knight in shining armor to the rescue, you know, telling you why you shouldn't use Apple for this or Google for that. (laughs) Shouldn't use their platform. Anyway, so now there's a Google tax, I think probably not solely coined by Microsoft, but probably one of the people, uh, and probably similar to the Apple tax as well. I'm sure they came from Microsoft. There's no such thing as a Microsoft tax, apparently. I don't know why. <laughs> what does that tell you? Anyway, Brett, thank you, thank you very much for joining me on episode 115.
1: Not a problem. Always a pleasure,
0: Ed. And we're back next week for episode 116. In the meantime, if you like the show, why not consider a donation? You can do that on our website at Boysatech.com. Also at our website, if you want to drop us a line, you can do that there as well. Love to hear from you. Otherwise, we'll see you next week. Take care. Goodbye, everyone. Bye-bye.